Here in Florida, we have something special, a blessing of size. There's enough land here to hold all the ideas and plans we could possibly imagine. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled at Walt Disney Productions. It's nice to meet you. And this is my assistant and good right arm, Figment. So, it is with great pleasure that I present WDW Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 760. And together, as we have been since 2005, I want to help you have not just the best possible Disney vacation experience when you come to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, blog, events, weekly newsletter, and more. Please join the community and find everything at www.radio.com. So this week, we're gonna continue our journey through and about the best of the best from the Disney parks around the world. As we now venture into the parks and discuss the very best of the attractions, queues, shows, parades, nighttime spectaculars, shops, live entertainment, music, and much, much more. We're then gonna wrap up our conversation with a look at the overall experiences. And I invite you to share your answers to some comparative and reflective questions as well. Then stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week where you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package and more updates and your voicemails at the end of the show. We're gonna dive right into part two and pick up where we left off last week. And of course, if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. his hands up like come on Manchello, let's go all right let's go let's go from nighttime spectaculars and parades let's sort of let's get our hands dirty and talk about some of the attractions and i'm leading off with one that is not just one of if not arguably my favorite but one that has various versions around the world and it's the haunted mansion and your question is yes it's the quote-unquote best haunted mansion but which one captures the essence, right? The essence of what that attraction is the best. Um, Janine, Jeremiah, and Becky. Becky is asking Jeeves, what is the haunted mansion? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess if you ask which one captures the essence, I would probably have to go with the Disneyland version because that was where they made the essence, I guess. Um, I think that there are other versions that I think are arguably smoother, um, have better use of technology now, like uh, the Mystic Manor. Um, but I think that the original has um, sentiment value to it that the others do not. Yeah, I'm right there with Janine. Uh, I would love to see 
some of the technology from Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion moved in there. Like mostly like the surround sound, not the bad projection ghost. But yeah, the original one is is the classic. I mean, yeah, Mystic. But when you when you phrase it, which one do you think captures the essence of the attraction the best? You know, in my head, I want to say Phantom Manor because that is the most amazing attraction but it doesn't capture the Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion is fun and, you know, a little bit spooky, but not too much, where Phantom Manor is just, you don't take kids on that ride. I went round and round and round about this because, yeah, Phantom Manor, beautiful, awesome technology, but then you got the uniqueness of Disneyland Paris. But, again, to the spirit of your question, what captures the essence it's going back to the original Disneyland haunted mansion. So would you say that Phantom Manor is the quote unquote <clears throat> best of objectively <clears throat> best of the mansions while Disneyland's original sort of, it is the first, it is as Janine said, sort of the essence of what the attraction really is. I, I think know Phantom, it's the best. Go ahead. I think Phantom Manor tells the story that, if Mark or Rolly got in charge of doing the Haunted Mansion originally, we may see a story, not mm. two different parts stuck together. But no, the best is definitely Disneyland. It, it, it There's nothing wrong with it. They, you know, they, to the point where they haven't gone in and tweaked it and changed technology other than the Hatbox Ghost and the Bride over the years. So yeah, that's still the best. And the elevator. Yeah, I, I think maybe I just yeah. wanted to interpret the recovering attorney in me wanted to interpret the question to to suit my answer because I, I the first time I saw Phantom Manor, I fell in absolute love with it because it, it does capture the essence because it is a unique storyline. It's tied to the surrounding not just land, but the this fictional town of Thunder Mesa. It blends not just the gothic themes of the mansion, but the Western theming of Thunder Mesa. And I liked a little bit of that darker tone. I liked the fact that there was, there is an additional scene that we don't get in other parks. So in terms of being like the essence of what the mansion originally was, technologically innovative, unique storytelling, um, you know, amazing technology that's being used to, and by amazing technology, some of it's old technology, but technology that's being used to not just for the sake of technology, but to further the story. It's why I love Phantom Manor so, so very much. So let's go from mansions to mountains. And what mountain attraction worldwide, Space Splash, Big Thunder, whatever you want to include in the mountain ranges, is your favorite and why? Janine, Becky, Jeremiah. Um, so this one was difficult for me because, um, in general, I'm not like a huge thrill person, although I don't have an aversion to them either. Um, I'm very fond of Space Mountain over at Disneyland, but I would say the, the very close ones for me also are Thunder Mountain at Disneyland Paris and that big grizzly mountain runaway mine cars uh, over in Hong Kong. I think all three of those are, are very good for a variety of different reasons. Mine is totally sentimental. A hundred percent 
totally sentimental, which is actually the Matterhorn. Because it was one of the very first mountain rides I ever did as a child. And it used to be that the uh, the the Skyway went right through it. And I remember when I was seven or so looking straight down and seeing all the tracks and seeing the Yeti from, from the Skytrain. And it was something that really inspired me to want to ride the ride because it didn't look as scary when you actually could see down into the bones of it. Um, I have a, a wonderful memory of me and my dad riding the sky ride and, and then going and riding the Matterhorn. So for me, 100% sentimental. If I was a chiropractor, I would just stand at the exit of Matterhorn and just hand out business cards. <laughs> it depends on what side you choose. Do you choose the fast side? It's like, do you take the red pill or the blue pill? Or you they should sell like, they, they should, like after you get off of it. Right. They should rent like butt pillows so you can like buy a pillow if you need one. All right. Go ahead, Jeremiah. The, the donuts. Yeah. Um, I. I was going to include one that, you know, we don't really say as much of a mountain, but we always forget about it. Expedition Everest. Mm -hmm. But as you know, that could be up there with the most thrilling as far as my favorite. And I only got to ride this two or three times while I was there. Um, like Janine said, big grizzly mountain runaway mine cars in Hong Kong, Disneyland. It really takes the best of, Everest and Big Thunder and everything and puts it all together in a fun story. You have the backwards part, you have animatronics and it's a, it's a lengthy coaster. So that's one, you know, it, there are plenty of reasons to go out to Hong Kong Disneyland, not saying Mystic Manor is the only reason it is, but Big Grizzly <laughs> is a good reason to go out there for more than, you know, five hours on Mystic Manor. Yeah, so for me, I, I thought, you know, flight. Look, remember the first time you walked into Pandora and you saw those mountain, the mountain range of Flight of Passage? You're like, well, it's technically not like a mountain attraction. Same thing like for Cars Land and Radiator Springs. And, and Everest almost made my list were it not for Mount Prometheus and Journey to the Center of the Earth. Um, it was a, a far, like, clear and, and a far and away winner for me. It is a true e-ticket attraction it is a wonderful in terms of theming rewritability it is breathtaking and magnificent in 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 scope and scale it's beautiful in the day it's beautiful in the night um it for all the reasons janine mentioned before too and and theming wise alone like you don't even ride the attraction just to sort of walk in and through mount prometheus um and journey to the sun of earth is also a remarkably good um thrill ride as well so but the story often doesn't begin when you strap yourself in or sit down in in your seat, but begins in the queue. So what park, what attraction offers the most immersive queue experience that helps to set the stage for the attraction you're about to experience? Uh, Becky, Jeremiah and Janine. I think I'm going for the obvious answer. There, there were several in my brain that I was kind of rattling around with, but I think for me, it's Rise of the Resistance. Mm -hmm. I, I think the immersion that you get in that, depending on where you say the queue starts, because I think that was, or or ends, that was part of the things that was going on in my brain is that, is it just when you get up to the point where they count you in and you watch the you know BB-8 and all of that go on? Is that where the queue ends or is that still part of the queue? And then you get onto the the transport. That seems like it's still part of the queue in a way, because then you have to queue up, go through the the large um, uh, stormtroopers room. Then you 
you end up on the attraction for me. So considering that if the queue ends um, after the uh, the Stormtroopers room, Rise of the Resistance is the one that that is the most immersive, the most impressive, the most um, bringing you into the story, telling you telling the story along the way for cues for me. For me, and I'm pretty sure Janine will know this story also because she was probably there. Um, I waited three hours to wait three hours in a queue at Disneyland's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Benai, the AP night. They had a line down Main Street that was just to walk through the queue because the attraction hadn't opened. And I waited all the way down Main Street to wait through a queue to exit before you got off. And it's the same as... Uh, Crystal Skull in D- Tokyo Disney Sea. It just, as soon as you walk into the land, even you're already part of it. You know, that's the original immersive queue back in '95 when they did the first one, and everything since then I think has just tried to be that. For me, I had picked uh, Tower of Terror in Tokyo Disney Sea mm-hmm. because I basically I feel like that ride is 90% queue, like. I think if people are looking for a thrill on a drop, that's probably not the Tower of Terror you want to go on. But I think that everything leading up to the elevator and the drop um, is just amazing. It's a completely different story from all of the other Tower of Terrors. Um, And the part where you walk through and you see like all of the artifacts that um, that (laughs) Joe Rohde (laughs) <laughs> always forget the name uh, collected uh, in the in the ride it's uh, it's just it's an impressive accumulation Harrison Hightower the third mm. Harrison Hightower that's right you know of all the questions I think this is the one that I had the most difficulty with because I could make arguments for four different ones and be perfectly happy with my answer so Indiana Jones, both in Disneyland and, and Tokyo Disney Sea, that the this recreation of the archaeological dig site with the hidden messages and the backstory is so well done. Jeremiah, you're right; it's it's a cue worth waiting for. Even Mystic Manor, right? And I have deep, deep love for this attraction. The cue is like it's like a prelude to the story of the manor, to like go forward to to a book, and there's artifacts and there's hints as to what is coming tower of terror the same thing especially over at tokyo disney sea is so intricately themed to create this foreboding atmosphere with the lobby and the gardens what for wedding foreboding does nobody know back to neverland anymore <laughs> sorry <laughs> i was like wait did i misspeak did i say did i say a bad word um but Becky, you're right. The Rise of the Resistance cue is a masterclass in immersive storytelling because just like the, when you exit, the lines of when the attraction begins and ends are incredibly blurred. And the, from the moment that you enter that base and the Star Destroyer and you move through the forest, you are sort of part of the resistance and the way it blends into the ride experience makes it very hard to tell where the queue ends and the ride begins. By the way, I told you there was no way we could answer 60 seconds for each of these questions. I don't know why you said that at the beginning, but we have, we have a bunch more. We're going to try and go a little bit faster just to 
but there's I think there's really good ones ahead. All right, let's go from from uh, attractions to you know Disney theme parks, the mer- the merchandise of all the Disney theme park souvenir shops. What offers? the most unique collectibles or merchandise in it. Janine, Becky, Jeremiah. I wasn't sure if we could go back to ones that don't exist. Yes, you can, because I did. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like as time has gone by, a lot of the shops, it's hard. It's getting harder and harder to find unique things. Um, I think that they're more standardized now, but uh, the Sitka hangers, one of a kind antiques and curio shop, um, like the, antique shop that used to be in Disneyland's New Orleans Square. Um, I think that those shops, although they did not sell strictly Disney merchandise, I think the fact that they sold outside merchandise really gave those uh, areas a feel of reality that I think they could use more of today. Nice. That's a really good, that's a Uh, really good answer. That is, that is, and I don't know how to follow that up. I am not a shopper. I will put it out there right now. So usually for me, my my best stop is at the World of Disney because I can get everything that I saw in all the other shops in that one place. Um, the The only thing that I can think of that is unique, and please forgive me because I don't know the name of the shop right off the top of my head, but in um, Galaxy's Edge where they have all this, the Star Wars um, hills, and and so forth. That that's one of the most unique places I like to hang out in there to see what what the new thing is that everybody needs to to get. Or when they brought out the the Kyber crystals at one point, and people were trying to flash you know put flashlights through to see what color it was. Um, there's just some unique pieces in there that uh, for obviously for Star Wars fans, it's um, it's the place to go. Doc Ondar is also like it's a it's a great answer. Thank you. Um, for me. Again, I put down two words, Tokyo Disney Sea. Uh, when I went there, you know, every shop has something unique. It, it's it's amazing. The one that really stood out to me, and I was just trying to look up the name of it, the exit to the Tower of Terror. Mm. That's this the the pool that you could look at the tile work and it's all done and it's beautiful. But one of the things about Tokyo Disney Sea, just like Disneyland, they're a seasonal place. I went there before one of their seasonal events started like the day before and i saw 12 different things i'm like oh that's great and the next day because they put in all their seasonal merchandise they pulled it all out but you know everything the same with uh the exit to mystic manor that shop was great too but again as the years go by they start losing some of those touches and now it's a lot of you know it's the same stuff sadly yeah Jenny, when you asked that question, I was like, oh, is she going to talk about the same thing that first came to mind for me, which was the House of Magic on Main Street as a kid? You know, I've told the story a million times because it means that much to me. It's like it's where my dad and I would go on our way out. And I still somewhere in my garage have this red sort of horror mask that we got. And I can see and I can I could smell the House of Magic. I thought about things like Memento Mori, but I actually I also went to Tokyo Disneyland and I went to Disney Disney and Company and the reason why is almost less specific to the shop than it is to the culture um, because they have a lot of little unique gift items um, because, and hopefully I'm pronouncing this correctly, it's a Japanese tradition in, in the culture of to bring back omiyage, which is is a souvenir. Like if you travel 
somewhere, you are sort of you're supposed to bring back a gift for family, friends, and and colleagues and coworkers, and it represents sort of this culture of giving and receiving that I love so much about Japan. And I remember walking through the store with this huge smile on my face, picking up these little, you know, trinkets and things like that. I didn't even know who I was bringing it back for, but I just love this idea of wanting to share your experience that you have at this Disney park with people on the way home. So that's why I mentioned Disney and company. Um, one of the things I love about all of the Disney parks, and I hope especially here stateside and in Walt Disney World, they bring a lot of this and these people back. But when it comes to live entertainment or street performances, which Disney park stands out the most? Um, Janine, Becky, Jeremiah. So live entertainment. Um, I was always very impressed with all the shows at Tokyo Disney Sea uh, from the first times that I, I went there. It just they would they would put on these shows that were just massive that just had more cast members than you could possibly contemplate in you know three shows that you would normally see like in the in the U.S. parks, um, Mythica, um, Mystic Rhythms, uh, they were all amazing. Becky, I'm still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one's hard because one of my favorite street. Oh, not street performers. One of my favorite live entertainment is in a park, but it's not necessarily the one that stands out the most from a park perspective. So that's why I'm going back and forth. From a park perspective, it's probably Hollywood Studios for me, just because I loved all the street atmosphere there. I loved being able to just walk into the park and then be assaulted by four or five people who were street atmosphere, who were pulling people, you know, out and doing funny things and um, having that guest interaction, it, it was it was so impactful. We see a little bit of it now, but not anything like it used to be. So, all right, I'm going to put that other one. I'm going to put the thing to the side of my who my favorite live entertainment is, and just stick with Hollywood Studios. I Hollywood Studios, the the streetmosphere where it started really is that is iconic. But really, the only place that still has that is Disney California Adventure with the yeah. citizens of Buena Vista, Five and Dime. I wish that they'd bring back the Red Car Newsboys because that show, I I would see that five times a day. But they Why still, girl? yes, they still have, they still have that. And that DCA for me is still, it, it's alive throughout the lands. I had a real tough time with this one too because I thought about things like Lion King, Rhythm of the Pride Lands, which really, really impressed me. My daughter is, is studying stage management. Like she could have sat there and just watched that show the entire time we were in Paris. But I'm going to lovingly combine Streetmosphere at Walt Disney World together. I know a lot of folks who are and were Streetmosphere performers. You are missed, like mm -hmm. probably more than you know. Main Street USA the citizens of Hollywood brought a different life and experience to that park and are some of the most talented and gifted and funny performers that you'll find anywhere. And there, there, there is that, there's that thing that's missing. There's still that thing that's missing in the parks for me, you know, attractions and restaurants and shops and food items can come and go, but that I still feel that absence when I go, I still look for them 
on Main Street USA. So Streetmosphere, I, I give you all of my love and and hope that you will be able to return much, much sooner rather than later and uh, and never go away again. So, um, all right. We talk about a lot of sort of obvious things and attractions and shows and food and whatnot. But I think there's also in the parks a lot of, of hidden gems and lesser known things to do or attractions. So which one is your favorite hidden gem that might not necessarily be on somebody's radar when they visit for the first time or even if you visited multiple times? Uh, Janine, Jeremiah and Becky. Becky's bouncing in her seat, so she must have a good one. Um, Don't take I, mine. <laughs> I was like, I think we all could have the same one at this point. Uh, so one of the lesser known attractions that I thought was very impressive was over at Shanghai Disneyland, the Shanghai Challenge Trail. Um, <laughs> that was one where I thought, well, you could never do this back home because you could probably totally <laughs> die on this and nobody would ever blink twice. <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not, you're no. not wrong. <laughs> No, and that was one of my thoughts, uh, but really, it, there are two, and they both happen to fall in the same spot in Tokyo Disney Sea. And I'm guessing when me saying Tokyo Disney Sea, you both know what I'm talking about: mm-hmm. uh, Sinbad Storybook Voyage and the Magic Lamp Theater are both. Those two were things. The Magic Lamp Theater wasn't even on my radar when I got it when I walked in there. Sinbad, we all had seen a little bit. That is it's a small world taken to the millionth degree. It, both those are things that reasons to go to Tokyo Disney sea. Mm-hmm. Those are two good ones. Uh, I, I have one domestic and, and one in Tokyo and obviously the domestic is Mater's junkyard jamboree because I cannot <laughs> let that question go without saying that because so many people just walk past it. Like eh, it's a little kitty scrambler ride. No, no, it's great. It's a great time had by all. And one of the places that I still giggle every time I think about writing that thing, write it, especially if you if you have a brother sister scenario and you want to like slam each other into the sides, that's Mater's. But the one that really hit me besides that is Lou, we were together. Remember when we went to Tokyo Disneyland for the first time and you said, somebody told me we need to do Pooh's Honey Hut. (laughs) And I'm like, why do we need, because we were on a really tight schedule and we could only see a few things. And it was like, and there were so many children present. So you were a little freaked out. (laughs) I get it. It's cool. You're, 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 you're cute right now. (laughs) Anyway. So it's like, okay, we, apparently we have to go do Pooh's Honey Hut. We got off of Pooh's Honey Hut, and that was like, we need to do that again. They, whoever gave you that advice was so right. And I think if you don't know that there's a lot of hidden gems within that attraction, you might just go right past it, but definitely ride the ride. I agree with all of yours, uh, including one especially. Because I, I, at first I thought about, like, the first time I went to the Animation Academy in uh, Disney California Adventure, it, it's so sort of tucked away. It's very, very easy to miss. And I think it's unique and it's interactive. Sinbad was very much on there again. You will hear mention of Sinbad at least one more time. Even Alice's Curious Labyrinth over in Disneyland Paris, I think is something that especially adults will often walk by. But uh, Janine, you have it 100% right. The, the only answer to this question is the Camp Discovery <laughs> Challenge Trails. It's not just an interactive sort of like 
thing you see on the playground. It is a physically engaging and truly challenging experience. The lawyers in America would never let this attraction. And when we went, Becky, I remember (laughs) you didn't want to do it. And it was raining and it was like slippery. And I'm like, I literally like this might be the storybook ending to my life because I'm going (laughs) to I live and die at a Disney park like there's obstacles, amazing views of the park. But this outdoor adventure is so different from any other Disney attraction you will find anywhere on the planet. Um, It's not for everybody. And that's not, you know, but it's um, it, it definitely is a hidden, potentially scary Gem. It's not really <laughs> hidden. It's massive. It takes a quarter of the land. But I think but people yeah. like will walk by and go, I'm not gonna do yeah. that. That looks it looks like, you know, it's like a kitty player. It is not. It is not for the faint of of heart. Um I like how all the safety information, <laughs> none of it's in English. So right. you have no idea. Good luck, man. <laughs> you have to put on a harness. You have to put on a harness at a Disney park. That yeah. says something. I was With almost no getting I was almost waiting for them to hand me a waiver to sign. That would have been in Chinese. I would have signed it anyway, but um it's perfectly safe and it, it is a lot of fun. A little scary in the rain. Um listen, we, as you know, the Disney parks are are not museums, right? They are they're constantly changing. But if there's if you could bring back any one retired extinct attraction or show from any Disney park, which would it be and why Becky, Janine, Jeremiah? All right. Again, I, I have been struggling with, but I'm going to go to to one that you're probably not even anticipating that I would say, but I have it with caveats. Okay. I would actually love to see great movie ride return. Hmm. With caveats, updated, with new technology, with today's technology. I would love to wander, meander aimlessly through movies with today's technology. So I, I really do miss that one. And I miss the event that we do in there. Yeah. I'm, I miss doing the um, the dinner, the progressive dinner inside so that you go from scene to scene to scene. But um, that's one that I, while I, I love Runaway, but I just really miss great movie ride i don't disagree and i'm going to quickly challenge all all three of you name three movies that you think can and should be in an updated great movie ride because the difficulty maybe this is a separate conversation for a separate show the difficulty is picking something that is going to appeal to a very very wide spectrum and demographic of guests that is quote-unquote timeless and classic without feeling like that was my grandma's movie and I don't know what this is and relevant and all those things. It is the great movie ride, you know, V2 is very, very, very challenging to um, to pick. So we'll, we'll save this conversation for another show, but I will plant the seed and maybe post it in the clubhouse. Other than Jaws, I don't know what else you put in there. Shawshank Redemption. Uh, again, I don't know what fits everybody. It doesn't matter. What's, Let's what, move on. What, 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 what's the gingerbread movie that you posted the other day? <laughs> um, Janine, what's your extinct or retired attraction or, or tried attraction or show? Um, I actually had great movie right also. That was always one of my favorites. And I, I'm bitter and resentful every time uh, I see that very charming uh, railway ride there. Um, I would probably not update it just because I, I don't. I'm skeptical of any updates at this point. I, I would be happy if they just brought it back as is. I don't care. Uh, mine, and I hate 
when I answered this, type in this, I hated myself for it because it's one of those things <laughs> that every time a fanboy says it, I feel like an angel loses its wings. But I was lucky enough to go on it multiple times, and I do miss it. Horizons. It it is it it was the most technologically advanced attraction that had been done to that point. So many different layers, so many different stories, the continuation of uh, uh, Carousel Progress. It was all just great. Uh, you know, but part of the problem with Horizons was you wrote it multiple times because it was never a line for it, unfortunately. And, yeah, and it was exactly. Listen, it was a ride before its time. Um, that maybe was was part of what sunk Horizons. We did a DSI, a deep dive into DS uh, onto Horizons a long time ago, which I, we have to, I have to sort of bring back into the archives because it was really one of my favorite shows. Um, this was a, a, a no brainer for me, and I will not do another bad impression. But Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Forget. I, I know it comes with with challenges and ADA and all those other things. It was tight and it was cramped and smelly in the summer and all those other things. But twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Um, and man, there's a lot of of personal nostalgia and sentiment there. But I bought into it, man. I, I dug it. So, um, all right. In addition to the attractions and and the shows, a lot of what makes Disney Disney are the characters. And around the world, the characters and the character interactions can sometimes be very different. So which Disney park around the world do you think has the the best, the most wonderful, the most heartwarming character interactions? Becky, I know you're a big character gal, so I'll let you and then Janine and Jeremiah go. Yeah, I'm, I'm a really big character gal. I like to watch from afar. <laughs> I, I like to hug a, a character now and then. That's great. Um, but I, I'm just going to go with, with, Disneyland right off the bat because they do something unique, or at least it has been unique when you compare it to some of the other parks around the world. Um, you can find them in different places. The, the characters roam uh, through a, a land. Um, you can even find characters hanging out in hotel lobbies and their handlers uh, seem they don't hover. It's not like they march in a character in a certain spot and the care and the handler brings in one person at a time like they do at, at Disney World. You can there uh, Peter Pan and Wendy are holding hands and skipping through Fantasyland to Disneyland and they'll stop and talk to somebody, take a quick picture and then hop skip to somewhere else. And I, I just like that it's so organic and natural those types of character experiences. Yeah, I. I am not a huge character person either. Um, I also went with Disneyland, uh, again, for all the reasons you mentioned, that the interactions just seem like they're much more organic than the kind of everybody lines up at three o'clock to see Pooh that you see in a lot of the other parks. I will say, though, that I would probably not know to evaluate the character interactions in the international parks because I would probably not understand what they were saying. Um, yeah, it I am a character person. I do enjoy interacting. Um, but just like Becky and Janine, Disneyland, and even more so, DCA, Avengers Campus. Mm -hmm. Those character interactions, the free roaming. I had an interaction with Thor. Talked to him while everybody what? was trying to to push around <laughs> him. And he he walked and talked with me. And then I went and sat down with my friend who I told a story to Thor about 
And Thor walked over to me and goes, oh, is this your brother? And we started talking and he remembered, yes, it was about a span of three minutes, but still just the fact that he could do that really stood out to me. Yeah, I too am not normally somebody who would get online for for character photos and things like that. And and when I approach this question, I first started thinking about Tokyo Disney Sea because they have rare characters and unique outfits and Gelatoni and Stella Lou and Cookie Ann and and I'm not. This is not. A, a, I know this is sort of a very broad stroke of the brush, but those characters and character interactions in some of the overseas parks is pretty intense, you know, even versus it is here. Uh, Becky, I remember when we went on some of the ABDs, you know, people will bring their Gelatoni and Stella Luz and Duffy characters with them to breakfast in different outfits every day and put them on high chairs. Like the lines for characters are very, very, very long. Um, I also thought about Galaxy's Edge. And what I like about this is the cast members are characters and were empowered and are empowered to create their own legend and backstory so they are not you know just attendants for attractions but they are characters and i love that sort of empowerment that they get but i agree with you disneyland the first time i went there i was like why are these characters just roaming freely like it's mayhem it's anarchy in this park <laughs> and there was also like the fight between cinderella and mulan that almost took place at dinner at, at breakfast at goofy's candy company but that's not a story for another day um, uh, it was d23 expo becky you were there like in, yeah doesn't we'll talk offline um okay okay um one of the things i love in in the parks are the different modes of transportation that sometimes are conveyances sometimes are attractions monorails boats and trains etc what disney park has the most enjoyable and efficient and story driven, whatever you want to, those sort of enjoyable transportation methods uh, like in, in park, Jeremiah, Becky, Janine. Uh, easy. Tokyo, Disney, see the steamliner and the electric railway. They, mm -hmm. they're attractions, but they are also transportation. Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree with that. I had that on my list, but I also had the Disneyland monorail because of the path. I love how the Disney man monorail goes between through the um, through the Esplanade and then ends up in the park. How it like circles around and ends up in the park. I always enjoy that ride. Yeah, all of those are excellent. I would also add uh, the the train at Disneyland, um, which is one of the few trains that seems sort of functional as transportation and entertainment inside a park. Janine, this is why we're friends. And our love of Japan and the culture. Um, and it, it, for Disney, uh, for me, I thought about the Skyliner and the rafts of Tom Sawyer Island and Tokyo Disney Sea. But the authenticity of that train and the connection to Walt for me, it's, in Disneyland specifically, the Disneyland Railroad is, is um, it's a meaningful attraction in, in addition to being a, a ride and a conveyance. Um, one of the things I love in the parks and, and each one has its own you know, oftentimes unique version of it. What Disney park has the most impressive water-based attraction or show where, where water is sort of a, a requisite element to the attraction or show. I left this one broad on purpose, uh, Janine, Jeremiah, and Becky. I think this could be another sweep. Mm -hmm. I don't think it um, is. Um, I would go with World of Color over at DCA, oh. um, just because it was it's 
as far as I can remember, it's the, the biggest water-based attraction that they have now. Um, I was also very fond of Bravissimo, which was a water-based attraction over at Disney Sea that um, is no longer there now. Sure. Me? Yep. <laughs> um, easy. Pirates Battle for Sunken Treasure at Shanghai Disneyland. That is not only just one of the most impressive attractions, but the fact that it does take place on water and is a boat ride just amazing. Interesting, because I had World of Color thinking that is, is a show, but when you said that, because I wasn't thinking that is a water-based attraction, but I guess it is. So I'm going to have to go with you, Jeremiah. I know. Pirates is such an easy answer because it is. It's it, There's nothing like it. And the first time you go through that one scene and that thing happens and that thing opens, not to ruin it, <laughs> you've probably seen it already, but when you sort of rise up and come out of the water and the ships are fighting and right in the middle, you're like, good. But then I was like, oh, maybe I'll put, you know, and I can't even pronounce it, but it's basically Disneyland Paris's version of the story of the Grand Canal boats. And I was like, no, I really love Sinbad's voyage because, and then, so I'm, look, the answer is Pirates Battle for Sunken Treasure, but I'm also <laughs> going to, because there's, there's the, you know, the balance of the old man and the little kid in me, I'm going to put It's a Small World. And if I have to rank the small worlds, um, Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Hong Kong, Disneyland Paris, and Tokyo, much like the rest of the park, is a best of the best of the best of all the other attractions. It, it has the characters and the whimsical sets and the, the it, it's, it is a near perfect version of the attraction um, with that charm of the original Mary Blair style from Disneyland and Florida. So um, we're in the holiday season as we are recording this and the holidays are not just, you know, the, the Christmas time holiday season, but there's a lot of holidays that take place throughout the year. What Disney park do you believe has the most magical holiday transformation to find your holiday? However you like, uh, Jeremiah, Janine, Becky. Uh, Disneyland Paris. And that could be almost any holiday. Their Halloween, they knock out of the park. Their pair, their Christmas is beautiful. Um, I do have to say I was at Tokyo Disneyland for Easter and for a country that doesn't really celebrate Easter. That was one of the most spectacular days I've had in the parks. Um, I would say that. I have not been to Shanghai or Hong Kong or Paris for holidays, I think. So hard for me to evaluate those. But I do enjoy how Tokyo Disneyland still does a lot of that sort of overnight transformation, which I always find very magical. Um, you know, you could go on Country Bears one day and it's the vanilla Country Bears. And then the next day, everything is all decked out and they're doing their holiday uh, Country Bear show. So that's always fun. I haven't been to any of the um, overseas parks for that transformation to to really see it. I think um, Halloween is the only thing that I've seen in the in the overseas parks. So I'm I'm going to go with good old Magic Kingdom, considering that they're turning it over from Halloween to Christmas in one magical night. <laughs> I think that that's a feat that uh, that the cast members pull off, and they do it beautifully uh, with. Personally, would I love to see the castle lights back? Absolutely. But, you know, this is one of those little missing things called progress. Um, but that's uh, that's probably where we're going to go just for lack of experience at the other locations. 
You know, I define this as magical holiday transformation, so I have to leave Halloween in Hong Kong out because it's downright scary. (laughs) The park is super cool. If you love Halloween, like I love Halloween, it is super cool. But I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to combine Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. I was just there for the holidays. I really, really love not just the iconic decorations, but it's a small world holiday and Haunted Mansion holiday, and I love what they do over in Disney California Adventure with the the festival, the holidays, the 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 cultural celebrations, Cars Land and Buena Vista Street and World of Color and the entertainment, like really, really, really well done um, over in Disneyland. All right, we're getting close to the end of our um, uh, in park list, but if you had to pick the best overall themed individual land in any Disney park around the world. Very quickly, what would it be, uh, Janine, Becky, Jeremiah? So if you had asked me a couple of decades ago, I probably would have gone with New Orleans Square in Disneyland. But current of the current lands in their current incarnation, um, I would go with Mysterious Island over at Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, just the way everything is detailed and connected, you can see a machine boring a hole in the outside of the mountain, and then you can go into the queue and see the hole from the inside. And, and I just find that very impressive. I, I'm going to go with the one that I, when I first walked into it for the very first time, it was the very first time I ever felt like I was actually walking into a movie. And I'm going to say Cars Land in DCA because every single bit of the there's detail everywhere is comes right back to story. And I, I remember walking um, on that street when it first opened and seriously felt like I was walking right into the movie. I love cars land, but I think something that is taken to the next level with the inclusion of the characters, Avengers campus. I love all these answers. My first thought was to go mysterious Island, but just to sort of give us a, a wider spectrum too. I was really, really, really impressed with Adventureland in Disneyland Paris. It's huge. It You can easily get wonderfully lost there and you can go through Africa and Agrabah. Like it has this wonderfully, uh, this wonderful sense of sort of exploring the exotic um, in, in a lot of different ways. And that'd be really, really, really impressive. All right, quickly, um, from a technology perspective, right? And then I'm curious, I'm really curious to see if we all say the same thing, because I think we can make arguments for a lot of different attractions. But what do you think is the most technologically advanced or innovative attraction you've ever experienced at a Disney park? Uh, Becky, Janine, Jeremiah. I knew we were going to say that. Um, but yes, because well, I sent you these questions in advance. Of course you knew I was going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to find where where my thought process was going on this, because technical... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai. That's technical for me. I know that Rise is close, but that was the one that I would go to just from the experience and the technology behind it. I thought uh, one of the most technologically advanced ones I had seen in a while was that Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, um, which was a much bigger attraction than I had anticipated. But so many different parts to it and the way that they have to coordinate all of the the ride vehicle movement. Um, I thought that was, I thought they did a good job with that. I know that I'm the one that's causing us to have to move faster because I have to depart soon. But I, I thought about all of those, but rise of the resistance takes what they wanted to do 
with Indiana Jones back in the early 90s and does everything with it from the animatronics to the drop to just the room, the amazement, Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think you could also make it. I think you could make an argument too for Mystic Manor. All right, lightning round. We're going to go super fast. The best attraction soundtrack or song in any Disney park around the world, Jeremiah, Janine, Becky. It's a small world. Aw. Um, yeah, I had It's a Small World also. It's so iconic and memorable. I didn't want to have that stuck in my head, so I'm going with Pirates of the Caribbean for yo-ho, yo-ho. Don't talk about Lou that way. <laughs> Richard Sherman, I love and respect you immeasurably, and it's easy to pick a Sherman Brothers song, but I think Compass of Your Heart by Alan Menken in in um, in, in in Sinbad is one of the most beautiful songs ever in a Disney park. Period. Of all the Disney park, if it doesn't make you cry, there's something wrong with you. Of all the Disney park castles, which is the most majestic and impressive? Becky, Janine, Jeremiah. Disneyland Paris, hands down. Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Enchanted Storybook in Shanghai is is majestic, but Le Chateau Le Bolonvent is... is it doesn't have a dragon underneath <laughs> it. I'm yeah, sorry, the what, Lou? <laughs> I can only get to Le Chateau and then it's all downhill for me. So, yeah. Um, are we all going to say that in terms of attention to detail and theming and design, yes, are we all going to disagree yes, it's Tokyo Disney Sea? Yes. As no. I wrote the question, I'm like, that's ridiculous. See. Oh. All right. See. Last in-park question, then a couple of quick ones. What is, and this is the, the tough one, and you define it however you want, what is the best overall attraction in any Disney park around the world? And what makes it the best? In one sentence, go. Becky, Jer- Janine, and Jeremiah. Oh, me again. Ah. All right, uh, I'm going to go back to Pirates of the Caribbean, Shanghai. And I forget what the whole, what the actual name of it is because it's just Battle for the, the Sunken Treasure. Yeah. That again, it was one of those ones that you ride, and it's so unexpected. And the thing that happens when it happens, you don't believe is actually happening, but it's happening. Um, that was one of the rides that I walked out with my jaw on the floor, and I couldn't figure out how it was done. I would also go with Pirates of the Caribbean, but I would go backwards and I would go with the uh, original Disneyland version, um, probably pre-Jack Sparrow. I just think, you know, if you if you watch game shows, whenever they say something like name a name an attraction from Disneyland and most people are like something with Alice in Wonderland. But almost everybody gets Pirates of the Caribbean uh, because I just think that there is something iconic about it that people that it's easily identifiable for across the board. So when I think overall attractions around the world, you have to take into consideration technology, story, music, characters, view, setting, so Mystic Manor. Right, that's the challenge. How do you balance nostalgia and sentiment and recency bias? Look, the Haunted Mansion is the perfect blend of humor and spookiness and technical innovation that still holds up 
but you're right. The the correct answer is Mystic Manor. Um, it is a unique storyline. The, the trackless ride system, the advanced uh, uh, special effects and animatronics. Uh, it's immersive. The, the artwork. Danny Elfman's musical score is possibly the best musical score of any attraction. And it's not scary. Like, it's accessible to everyone. Um, all right. Last couple of questions. What, from from your personal experience, what Disney park do you think offers the best overall guest experience? Just just bark it out. Any of you? Tokyo Disneyland. Yeah, Tokyo Disneyland, probably. Yeah, I'll make that a third. So you you mean specifically Tokyo Disneyland, not Disney Sea, or do you mean? Oh, Disney Sea. I mean, if you could go with both, then I would pick both. But <laughs> yeah. I think Disneyland has more attractions, and sometimes that's important to people. I like sea over well, land yeah. is great, but it's it's so land unique. is the best of the best. Like land is just yeah. Disney. Yeah, it's the best of the best. Um, yeah, I mean, is there a Disney park that you believe captures the essence of Walt's original vision best? Disneyland. 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 I'll make the argument for Disney Sea because I think it's that combination of innovation and storytelling that um, I think I think this very much sort of follows along in, in the type of vision that Walt would have had. Um, I'm going to skip that question because I know what the answer is. If you could spend an entire day in just one area, just one park, like just go to one place in one park around the world, which would it be? Mysterious Island, the rides and the food. Becky's, like, I know it's back. <laughs> because there's like two plates, there's two, but you're right. Because if I could snap my fingers, I'm thinking if I, if it doesn't matter, money, time, whatever, that's where I would go to. Because, um, I just, I enjoyed the atmosphere so much there. And we, we just need to go back again and again <laughs> and maybe again after that because there's so many rides and attractions and, and um, cool, unique experiences there that you just don't get in the parks here. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that is probably my favorite land that exists now. Um, I think my only issue with that is that it is kind of a, a small area. So if you're going to do an entire day, I would almost go with something like maybe World Showcase, because at least you've got like, you got like a long, uh, a mile of stuff to uh, wander around in. I do love me some Mysterious Island like for all the, for all of the reasons um becky you wanted to make sure all right i'm gonna ask you one quick question because i if you could introduce one attraction or one experience from a disney park overseas into what you consider your home park right so for me it's world for you guys it might be land if you could introduce one attraction or experience from an overseas park into your home park which one would it be jeremiah janine and becky uh, to go back to what we talked about just a few minutes ago, Shanghai Disneyland Pirates. I I had a dream that after the Destination or D23 Expo, when they talked about Moana coming, putting Moana onto that type of ride system in Disney's Animal Kingdom would just have been an amazing attraction. Um, oh, see, now I had written, I had written read this incorrectly i didn't realize it was a brog so i was going to be like if you could bring the people mover back to disneyland that would that's all right we'll take that people mover is a is a really good answer it is a great answer okay for me i'm I'm going really off the board here because this is what i would bring to anywhere that it would be would be marvel's mission dimensions of danger 
which oh. is the walkthrough that we did <laughs> at right. Hong Kong. That to this day, if you ask me if if I could go to any attraction that's not there anymore, that would be it. That that was the one during our Halloween adventure in Hong Kong that we just looked and said, well, we got some time. Let's go do this because we had no idea what it was. And to this day, it's probably still one of the most amazing attractions that didn't have billions of dollars of technology to make it work. And I loved it, adored it, and I wish they would bring it to one of the parks just so that we could experience it. That's a great answer. That's a great, and now I see why you were winding up for that one since the very beginning. Um, Go back and listen to our Hong Kong review show. I'll link to it in in the show notes. You can just search for it in your podcast player, but that pop-up, I look at it as sort of a test-based attraction, walk-through, run-through, interactive experience, like, yeah, go, go, go. Talk about lawyers not allowing something like that in the, in the States. Um, it was <laughs> really, really well done um, in, in, in terms of theming and story and characters, um, et cetera. So as much as I like having attractions and a reason to go visit, I would bring Mystic Manor. My love for Mystic Manor goes, goes wide and deep. Um, and we'll see if what we said at the beginning is true and all of our answers are the same. But if you could visit only one Disney park, for the rest of your life, it's the only park you can visit. Which one would it be? Disneyland. I know. Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a toss up between Tokyo Disney and and Disneyland. I, I really that impressed so much upon me when we've been to to Tokyo, the the two times we've been there. I, I just and we I'm didn't so see it all. It. We still haven't seen no, it all too, which is it's, we haven't. And the park is massive. I, I struggle with this. You know, Walt Disney World is my home park. I, I love it for all the reasons. Disneyland is where Walt walked, but Disney Sea is is nothing short of of spectacular. So I'm not going to answer the question. Um, so. <laughs> Cheater? That's, totally so, that's cheating. so mean. I know. You put us I'm, on the spot. And I then know. the like, oh, I don't I'm out. Peace Disneyland, out, if they could put Tokyo <laughs> Disney Sea inside of it. Um, listen, so my idea of trying to do these in 60 seconds clearly failed miserably, but hopefully um, for for good reason. This was a lot of fun, and I appreciate you. This is a show, like I said, I've been looking forward to a long time, and I appreciate you, your time and your input and your voices and your perspectives. And I'm sure there's a lot more we could talk. Maybe we'll get together on a live show one, one Wednesday night and sort of talk about these together with, with folks who are listening that maybe you want to share some of their thoughts and yell at us. How do we possibly leave this thing off our list? And if that's what you're screaming into your phone or into your car right now, please call the voicemail 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Let us know what you thought of the show, what we left off the list, or you can, uh, I'll post questions about these in the clubhouse, www.radio.com slash clubhouse. Uh, Jeremiah from laughingplace.com, Janine from Janine and Becky from Mouseman <laughs> Travel. Um, I will link to all of your stuff uh, in the show notes, but I really, really appreciate you your, your time today and you know for me a lot of the, the places that we visited memories that we shared the, th- the the four of us got to do you know together um at, at different times so thank you very much for for helping me make these memories and and uh, pull a show like this together two words spaghetti popcorn now i'm just cra- craving it if that's, you could eat I'm one thing thinking... from any disney park around the world right now snap your fingers and have at it what would it be spaghetti popcorn mango door 
bacon rice roll. Oh, it's so good. But those little so dumplings, good. they're so tasty and delicious and cute. But I would probably the go tails. for the tails. The tails? Oh, the Chandu, the Chandu tails. Yes, Chandu tails. There oh, we go. What I wouldn't give for five Chandu tails Tigger, right now. Tigger tails from Disneyland are good, too. Mm. I haven't had those. Tigger tails? Yeah, exit in uh, Pooh's thoughtful corner. What this has shown us, Becky, and you know, you've been resistant to this the whole time. We obviously need to go back to these parks very, very soon. <laughs> hey, so Becky, I'll be, I'll be at Disneyland next weekend if you want to come down and hang out. Uh, where are we going to be? We're going to be in Budapest. Somewhere. Yeah. I'll wait. I'll wait. Lift your sails to the heavens and fly. Time for our Disney trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World or maybe Disney movie trivia, history, details, and what you see, or hear, or taste, or remember. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is brought to you by you, because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you help bring every episode of the show to life for as little as a dollar per month. To learn more, you can visit www.radionation.com. Now, before we get to this week's trivia question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So, I just got off the Disney Dream and a very merry time cruise. Thank you very much for following along on social. I'll have a lot more to share on an upcoming episode of the show. So, last week's trivia question was about Disney Cruise Line and that how every ship has a statue in its grand atrium or hall. And your question was to tell me what character statue stands in the atrium of the Disney Dream. Congratulations if you answered, got this one correct, and thank you to everybody who entered. And knew that the answer is, of course, Admiral Donald Duck. On the Disney Fantasy, which is the Disney Dream's sister ship, there's Mademoiselle Minnie Mouse. Ariel is on the Disney Wonder, and Mickey is at the helm on the Disney Magic. And on the latest ship, the Disney Wish, Cinderella can be found at the base of the Grand Hall's massive staircase. So I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WW Radio 3D keychain, some stickers, a WWO pin, and something that I brought back from the Very Merry Time Cruise. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Vincent Caldoro. So, Vincent, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. And if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Disney Trivia Challenge. So tis the season to be jolly and joyous and watch one of my favorite Christmas movies, The Muppet Christmas Carol, at least once or twice, possibly three times. The story is scary, but it's culture and it includes Tiny Tim. And Tiny Tim, who did not die. Anyway, it's one of my favorite takes on the Dickens classic. So tell me, what character does Gonzo play? in Muppet Christmas Carol. Now, I am going to be on the Nat Geo River Cruise this week, so you have until Sunday, December 17th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the keychain, the stickers, the pin, and because in the spirit of the season and Muppet Christmas Carol, I'm going to throw in a surprise mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. 
That's going to do it for this week's show and our look at the best of the best of the best from the Disney parks around the world. I'd love to hear your thoughts about our conversation this and last week and your answer to the question, if you could spend an entire day in just one area or one land of any Disney park, whether it's one that you visited or one that you want to visit, which one would it be? Why is it Tokyo Disney Sea? And why? I'll post this and other conversation questions over in the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. I invite you to come be part, not just of the community, but of the conversations going on there about everything in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe. Or if you prefer to share your thoughts via voicemail, you can call it at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1, and I'll play it on the air. Please also connect with me elsewhere on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, where I spend most of my time, Facebook, X, LinkedIn. And be sure you like and turn on notifications on the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash WW Radio. I'll be going live this week, not from Walt Disney World, not from Disney Cruise Line, but our Nat Geo Danube Christmas Market River Cruise, December 9th through the 16th. I'll be posting photos and videos and reels and stories primarily on Instagram, but I will go live on Facebook if and when I can. We'll have to see what the internet is like once I get there. I'm very excited to share this experience with you virtually, as well as with all the other members of the WWE family and community that are joining us on board. If you would like to come and be part of one of our WWE group events, go to www.com slash events. You can find out about our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World, our group cruises on the Disney Magic for a five-night Halloween on the High Seas cruise in October of 2024, a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on the Disney Treasure in February 2025. We also have a very special Meet of the Month and Lunch and Dream Team auction to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation this January during Marathon Weekend. Again, to learn more and purchase tickets to this event, you can visit www.com slash events. And of course, whether you're coming to one of our events or creating magic on your own in any Disney park or destination around the world, please go and visit our friends over at mousefantravel.com because it's more than just about getting the best possible prices and all available discounts. It really is about the personal attention and service that you get from each and every one of the Mouse Fan Travel Advisors. It's who I use because it's who I trust. It's why I recommend them because not, they not only feel like family, but they make you feel like family as well. Speaking of family, I want to thank all the members of the WWE Nation family and the love and the support and the friendship and the help that you give to me and the show each and every month and in turn paying that forward to the Dream Team Project. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including Jonathan Gardner, Stephanie Leopold, Christopher Brown, Lillian G, and Chris. I am so sincerely grateful to and for you for the love and the support that you give. And I love being able to give back to you each and every month with scavenger hunts, our monthly group video calls, access to our private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages from the parks, early access and discounts to special events and much more. If you want to find out more about the nation, join the nation family. And by doing so, help bring every episode of the show to life. You can visit www.radio.com support. And if you're looking for a speaker for your next conference or event or looking to take your idea, business or brand to the next level, please visit loumangelo.com. 
and find out how I can bring not just actionable insights, but real world practical and tactical strategies to your event or workshop. So whether you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or educator, my talks on customer service and leadership and teamwork will transform your approach to business. And if you're looking for personal growth, I invite you to join my one-on-one coaching or my upcoming weekly mastermind group, which is going to start in January. And check out my Momentum series of events and workshops for more in-depth, in-person learning in Walt Disney World and possibly some other destinations around the country. Again, for more information, visit Lumanjo.com. Jello.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word, share a link to this or your favorite episode with your friends, invite them to listen, subscribe, and be part of the community. And if you can take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show, whether you listen on Spotify podcasts or Apple podcasts. And finally, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love and appreciate you so very much, and I appreciate the gift of being able to share my passion for Disney with you each and every week. So until next time, keep on dreaming, keep believing, and always, always keep choosing the good. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. Aaron here from Christiana, Tennessee. Just calling to let you know, it's been a while since I've plug back into the shows, but it's always so nice just to hear your voice and all the friends on the show. Just listen to, I believe, episode 759 is the number on there. Uh, but like I said, it's just been a few weeks here since I tuned into the show, and it always just feels like a great big warm hug uh, whenever I get back into the show and just makes me miss Disney, the parks, and all the memories. So thank you so much. Hope you're having a great holiday season and hope you have a great new year. Thank you so much for all you do. Hello, everyone. This is Darlene Yagi, formerly of West Seneca, New York. I just wanted to say I hope you all have a wonderful trip on your adventure in Germany and all the other areas you're going to on your travels to that Amway cruise. Can't wait to hear all about it. It's on my bucket list. Love and hugs. Stay safe and be real soon. Hey, Lou, it's Patrice Roberti from Metro Boston. I have laryngitis. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's not why I'm calling you. I had heard um, your your, um, your your audio guide. I had heard the free sample of Liberty Square online somewhere, so I knew I was going to like it. Today on my walk, I took Frontierland, and it was so great. I loved what you were talking about. I love the ambient noise. I know a lot of those things have probably changed, but it didn't matter. It was almost like you were reading some great story from other days, and it just didn't matter whether it was there now. It had been there once, and you saw it. It was just really good. I hope you'll do more things like that. It might not be easy. I mean, maybe it's not worth it for you, but and maybe things change. But just to hear you walking around and describing these things and even if they're gone, I learned a lot about Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Bear and they had the little place where they lived up in the Br'er apartment above the tree there or something. It was just, it was really, really excellent. So thank you again so much for sharing them with me. I'm loving them as much as I know I would. And it's just making me wish we could get you out there walking around the parks talking about what you see and how you see it even more because you have such a unique perspective on all this. It's just great. And as you know, I, I don't know, did you, like you, I was there once for a very short business trip. I don't remember it very well. But it's just, it's, it's like you're describing something out of the Greeks or the Romans or just great stories that you don't have to have been there 
to, to appreciate the story. So thank you. Thank you for doing it. I hope you enjoyed doing it. I bet you did. And I hope that you do more someday. And I will certainly buy them. Take care. Hey, 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 light the lamp, not the rat, light the lamp, not the rat!